24 through 26, this is what the Bible says. It says, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but, become, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. People curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. Kind of an interesting way to look at things. And whenever we talk about a passage about giving and thinking about this congregation, this is a giving congregation. God has blessed many people in this congregation with the capacity to give at a, at a great level and others are sacrificing at an incredible level, I'm sure. And what a blessing that is. So to share a lesson or to preach a lesson, however you want to say that, about giving in a congregation that's good at giving might sound like kind of a hard thing to do. But I am sure that individually there may be some who are a little bit stingy. And so we get credit for what other people do sometimes, right? We ourselves maybe don't give too much because we know that we're riding on the coattails of someone else. But it's all about who we are as individuals, who we are collectively, but really who we are as individuals and what my heart is like whenever I give. I think about how this congregation is given over the years whenever there is some kind of tragedy that happens. People are ready to give just at a moment. In, in a, a, just a few weeks ago, you may know that there was a terrible storm in the Philippines. We have a missionary there, completely destroyed their outreach center that they had, and this congregation gave to that and helped so that not only could they rebuild that outreach center, but so that they could help and buy tin for people's roofs and, and, and buy food for people, sacks of rice. And you remember in Harvey how people were ready to help whenever there have been storms in, in Louisiana and Tennessee, this congregation ready to help. People help. When you think about the number of missionaries that are supported in one way or another through the Memorial Church of Christ, about more than 25 are supported. This is a congregation that helps and wants to help other people. Yet individually, it is possible to still be stingy. Just because you're with the people who are giving does not mean that we necessarily are. And so this is a lesson for all of us, for us individually, about our, heart, our hearts and what are we like as people. You know, the person that gives gains. I love the way the Bible says that there in that passage. The person that gives is going to gain in one way or another. Now, in the passage, what he says basically is the one who gives, it appears, is also going to gain financially. And there are some folks that will tell you that in the world, right? If you give a certain amount, you're going to get back from God an, another amount. And so give God $10, he'll give you $100. Well, first of all, that seems really selfish, right? When you think about it. I was one night at a, back in our Brazil days, I was at a little church that I had been, well, it's not a little, it was a huge church that I had been invited to go to by a man I knew. He was in a terribly poor neighborhood in a slum. And it probably seated about 3,000 people. All the men sat on one side, all the women sat on another side. And it, oh, I could just go on and on about things that happened on that particular night. But I remember what the preacher said. He said, if you will give tonight put in the plate if you will put in a hundred dollars the equivalent you will receive from god a new vw bug and so everybody oh, oh i don't think anybody had a hundred dollars to put in but everybody got excited about it 
Well, that night after the service was over and we were walking away because we all left at the same time, I realized that that church didn't have a parking lot. So I thought they must not have expected anyone to give $100 because there would be nowhere to park at the next service, right? But the person that gives gains. This is a general rule. When you are reading Proverbs, they are general rules. It doesn't mean that they come out exactly like that every time in the book of Proverbs. But generally they do, and in this case it is a fact that the person that gives gains. Now you may not gain physically, you may not gain monetarily. You give a hundred, you're going to get a thousand. You give a hundred, you're going to get seven, whatever it is. But that emotion, that feeling, that feeling on the inside for what you've done can be a powerful thing. The friendship that can be gained by giving, not anything monetarily, but that friendship or that brotherhood that is given by giving is overwhelming. Now, if you have never given or don't give much, you do not know at all what I'm talking about. But if you do, you know exactly what I'm saying. And you know that those things are worth much, much more than money. They're worth much, much more than whatever we have in our account or could ever imagine to have. But the one that hoards grows poor. I'm going to keep it all to myself. I'm going to keep my money to myself. I'm going to keep my things to myself. I'm going to keep my intellect to myself. Nobody is going to get inside this trap. I am going to be a trap. Nobody is going to be able to break down my shield and I'm not going to share with anyone anything ever. And the one who hoards becomes poor. You know, often the hoarder isn't trusted, and often they are unloved and even forgotten. Kind of makes you think of Scrooge, right? You remember Scrooge? Didn't want to help anybody, the ghost of what Christmas, future, past, present, and all the other ghosts that were in there. But nobody wants to be around that person. And after a while, you just move on from that person because they don't love and they're not much fun to be around. And so often they're unloved and then if they do something that's nice, you think, why are they doing something that's nice? The hoarder loses out every time. You may die with the biggest bank account. You may die with the biggest house. You may with whatever it is. You may die with that, but who cares? What good has it done? It doesn't really do anything at all, and it makes me think of Proverbs 11.25. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. If you are helping others, other people are going to help you, maybe not in the time, uh, at the timetable that we imagine, but it's going to happen. A generous person will prosper. It feels good to give. When we help other people, oh, it just feels like we've done the right thing. I want to talk about some of this next Sunday morning. My lesson next Sunday is not really on giving, but I want to talk about it for a moment. And there are several studies that have been done by the biggest universities in the United States and in England, Oxford, Harvard, all of them, about the power of giving. 
and what it does to us psychologically and emotionally when we help other people. When we don't help other people, we are robbing ourselves of good feelings, good emotions, and actually what we end up doing is even hurting our own physical health and emotional health because we've decided to be stingy and not help other people. Knowing we've made a difference makes a difference in us. And don't we want to be that kind of people that make a difference? You know, I think about all the people in my life who have made a difference, who have made a difference in me. When I was in school, back, younger folks won't understand this, but, but an elective we had was typing class. Some of you remember this. And I would go to typing class. My teacher went to, went to church with me. And Mrs. Carr was her name. And I would sit at my typewriter, and I wasn't a very good typist, and, and she didn't want me to look at the keys. And so there was, there was a piece of cardboard. It was like a, it was the exact same consistency of a pizza box. It always made me hungry. But she put it over the keys so I couldn't see the keys. But what I learned was I could sit back from the chair, you know, and I'd type like this. And so I learned how to type. I was by far not the fastest in the class, but I learned how to type. And then I went to college, and I had to type, and then eventually it became into a computer, and then I just kept going on to school because I lost my mind and kept going. And when I finally quit, when I finally finished, I went back and found Mrs. Carr one Sunday when Barbara and I were there, and I said, I want to thank you because I thought of you every day when I was writing papers. I said, I would not have made it without you. She was like, nobody's ever said thank you before for typing. Oh, you changed my life. You helped me. It feels good to give when someone has made a difference. And, you know, really, that's an important thing for all of us. Share with people that have made a difference in your life. Maybe not the ones who would expect it. Let them know what they have done, how they have made your life better and different than, than what it would have been without, without them in your life. It's feeling, it makes us feel different when we realize that we've done something that somehow has changed the world, if even in just a little place or even just one person, it changes the way we see the world. And obviously, as I'm already alluding to, giving includes time and money and expertise and service and so much more. But I want you to understand this. Giving is not about giving 10%. Now, the average person in the United States gives about 2%. And sometimes we talk about, oh, we want you to give 10%. Oh, that would be great. And, and honestly, I mean, it would be amazing how we would be able to help people if everybody gave 10% here. I mean, and I don't know what anybody makes, but I can just imagine it would be overwhelming. But Jesus did not expect us to give 10%. He expected us to give 100%. 100% of our time, 100% of our money, 100% of our expertise. And you say, well, how could I do that? You know, I'm not a, not a preacher. I couldn't go be a preacher. I, wherever your job is, are you doing that to the honor and the glory of God? You're doing that for yourself. You say, okay, God, I want to give you this money over here, and then I'm going to have fun with this. Or is it every penny I have, whether I'm putting it in the plate or the virtual plate or... 
if I'm spending it buying a car, and it is not a bad thing to have a car, it's a good thing to have a car, or whatever it is I'm purchasing, is it somehow connected to my life with Christ? It's not wrong to go on a vacation. You need to go on a vacation. You'll go, go crazy if you don't have some time off, right? So that's not wrong, but is it to the glory of God? And so am I thinking, this is to the glory of God. I'm going to rest because I want to, I want to relax my mind and my body because it's for the glory of God. When I'm buying, buying food at the grocery store, if I'm going out to eat, if I'm going to go help someone, is it to the glory of God or is it just something I do? When we change from having just a religious life and a secular life to having only a spiritual life, it truly changes who we are. Giving includes giving everything. Imagine if Jesus would have said, because giving 10% is pretty incredible. Imagine if Jesus would have said, you know what, world? I have decided to give you 10% of myself. Can you imagine what that would have been like? There would be no death on the cross and there would be no resurrection. He gave us everything. And so that's what he asked back. Not that we die on a cross, but that we give him everything. Going on in Proverbs, Proverbs eleven twenty six, people curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Thank you. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for what you've done. Have you ever noticed when, when we've been in a crisis, for example, do you remember way back, it was, I guess it was, it was uh, Ike? And there was no gas at the gas stations, for those of you who have lived here that long, because we, there was no electricity, therefore the, the pumps wouldn't work. And I can remember being at a gas station, and all at once they opened, and everybody got in line, and we were all thanking God that someone was willing to sell us gas for our cars. Thank you for being willing to sell. So there's something to that, right? But there's also something to thanking God for people who are willing to teach our Bible classes and willing to take care of our kids in the nursery so that we can have a break for a minute. And people who are willing to cook meals for different things like the widows and widowers meal today and, and, and uh, uh, dinner that, that took place. All those things are important. But the one who hoards, the one who says, I'm not going to share what I have, I'm not going to share my talent. I'm not going to share my money. I'm not going to share my time. That person no one really cares much for. So it's not just wallets and stomachs that need feel, filled. So do our spirits. We need built up. We need to realize what God is doing. And sometimes we can get really down when we start counting the people who haven't called us and count the people who haven't texted and haven't sent a card and haven't said hello and count the people who don't do anything for us. Or we can become the person that makes the call and makes the food and sends the text. And before we know it, we're filled. And then we find out when we've become a person like that, other people are checking on us as well. I like what Churchill said. It's not on your screen, and I'm not really sure Churchill said it, because if you look in quotes online, Churchill or Abraham Lincoln said everything. 
So I'm never really sure when I use one of their quotes, but this is, this is what Churchill supposedly said. We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. We will be remembered for what we give way over by what we've made. It's a powerful quote, powerful quote, whether Churchill said it or some Nelson Finkelmeyer said it, who knows? So here's my question for us. Would God classify me as a giver? If the Lord were describing me, would he say, that's a giver? Or would he say, that's just a taker? We're all takers, we know that. But would he say, that's a giver? Tonight, I hope you're on the giving side. Because the giving side is the one that is going to give us abundant life. By being one that is willing to pour ourselves out for other people in the name of Jesus, that is going to be what actually gives us the very things that we have desired, which is fulfillment and hope and a future. That's it. Maybe tonight you're ready to be baptized or you need prayers or you can come forward or write to us at elders at mcoc.org and we'll help you. Come tonight as we stand and sing.